The sermon will be brought to us today by our Pastor Lawrence Gregory, entitled Liars, from Revelation 21, verse 8. In a recent Bible study, we considered several different aspects and descriptions of Paul's conversion experience. And each one of those experiences that he related, he either added something or left something else out. So we see the gospel writers also do the same thing. They present something from different points of view, and uh, we uh, all do the same thing. We tell something, sometimes we leave something out, sometimes we add something, but it's all the truth. It's based on the truth and it's not a lie. So we're told by many, many scriptures, by command of God, through example, by direction, as we read in Colossians, the third chapter, verse 9, opening scripture, lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now this is a subject that is um, uncomfortable for some people to consider. Yet many do it, from children to adults, lie. And, the, and as we begin to uh, look at this, as I did, uh, I saw several things that were uh, somewhat amazing to see, so many different words that we use that are synonyms of the word lie. And rather than uh, just uh, writing those down, I thought I would go ahead and take a few minutes, because this is important, and just read a few of the words lie from falsehood and deception from Roger's pocket thesaurus. So listen to these words and just see how many synonyms for lying that we use. And in many of these, there are scriptures, but we won't be looking at all of those because there are dozens and dozens of scriptures about lying and falsehood. Falsehood. Deception, guile, perjury, fabrication, perversion, exaggeration, prevarication, equivocation, evasion, fraud, dissimulation, dissembling, deception, deceit, sham, pretense, duplicity, hypocrisy, a white lie, Fib, a fibber, perjurer, false witness, distort, pervert, concoct, act out apart, counterfeit, sham, dishonest, truthless, spurious, deceptive. We could go on and on and on. There are many other adjectives and adverbs that I didn't read that we use in place of this word lie. Now, it's important for us to know this as we begin, as I have a few points that we're going to work through, that Satan is the father of lies and liars. And we read this in John the eighth chapter where Jesus said the very same thing. John 8, Verse 44, you are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was our murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And Jesus went on, because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. So we have a contrast between the truth and a lie. And many variations we see of that little word, the synonyms. If you look up truth or truthful, you'll see there are some synonyms that we use some words that are similar, but far less than the strength of that word truth than we use 
a lie, but, you know, we kind of change it to a, a small lie or a half-truth or a little fib or uh, something. But let's go to, uh, back to Genesis now. We've looked at this before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but back in Genesis, the third chapter, where we see that uh, in the second chapter, God told them that if they ate of the certain tree, they would surely die. But in chapter 3, verse 4, the devil came to the woman, serpent, said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now, previously, in the second chapter, God had said, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. God told the truth. The devil told the lie. The woman believed the lie. Then she passed it on to her husband, and they ate. And then when God came to uh, accost them about this, then uh, Satan said, I mean, uh, Adam said, well, begin to blame God. The woman you gave me, she gave me, and I ate. And then God went to the woman and said, why did you do this? And she said, well, the Satan, the serpent, he beguiled me. So she blamed it on him. Now this is, this is the way a lie is, doesn't it? It just, it involves other people. And it, small or great, it influences other people to do certain things, like Satan told her a lie, she believed it, she accepted it, she passed it on to her husband, they did, now they participated in that, now they begin to blame and to accuse, and then God came to Satan, and he didn't question him, he just rebuked him and disciplined him. And so all three of these, the woman, the man, and, the, and Satan, because of this lie, that was introduced were punished and disciplined because of uh, what they were told. Now, in Revelation, the 12th chapter, let's go there, Revelation 12, all of these scriptures that we're going to use out of dozens and dozens and dozens, I've just selected a few, about 20 that we're going to be looking at today here, but in Revelation, the 12th chapter, and verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And in chapter 20, verse 10, Revelation 20, verse 10, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet were, ours is in italics, so were cast earlier and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So uh, the consequences, you know, listen carefully, we know this, we'll look at this scripture a little later, that Paul said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is something that everyone is going to have to learn, that the wages of sin is death. Satan, the devil, is thrown into the lake of fire. He sees all that he has uh, tried to accomplish in his lies consumed as God is preparing for the holiness of this earth and of uh, mankind and removing Satan. And then in Ezekiel, we won't go to uh, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Go back there. Uh, we'll just look briefly at a couple of verses because we've, we've gone over these in a uh, number of times before. Ezekiel 28. Verse 16. Well, verse 15 says that he was perfect until sin was found. So at one time, when he was created and was in perfection of character, then something happened that he began to pervert that character. As a lie is a perversion of a character, truth is an honest character, a lie is a weakness and a fault in that character. And so uh, he began to then 
do iniquity till iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. And because his heart was lifted up in vanity and ego and his beauty and all of the talent and all the things that he had and his influence and power that he could arrest uh, on others, uh, verse 18, you have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall destroy you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. And so this is talking about a man, a king, but obviously referring and a application towards Satan the devil that is going to be destroyed. Thank God for that, that there won't be any more sin or evil in the future. And we, we've left off uh, talking about those things in the future and uh, a more exact description of Satan's fate. Now, some like to put him as, uh, you know, uh, around forever and ever, and we don't want to uh, spend time trying to uh, counter that or discuss that, but we've covered those in the past. Now, here's a few comments that I want us to think about as we progress through some of these uh, uh, points that are going to be following. A lie, small or great, affects others. It leads them to believe the lie, and in many cases, pass it on as a truth. They hear a lie, they believe it, they think it's a truth, they pass it on as a truth, but it's a lie, nevertheless, it's a lie. A lie, small or great, brings judgment from God on the liar. Though it may seem for a time they escape the consequences. A person is a liar. I happened to tell a man just a couple of weeks ago, I don't like you lying to me. I don't believe what you're saying. And I'm getting tired of your lies that you're telling me. Don't we get tired of people lying to us? Well, then why should we lie to other people? Because... We seem to, or they seem to escape the consequences for a time, a lie, but they get caught up in it later. And judgment comes from God, if not from man. Got to remember this, a liar is going to be disciplined by God, either presently, in the future, at some time, or uh, eternally, the consequences of it. Third thing is, a lie, small or great, may seem to be a good thing. But in reality, it is wrong and an evil. A lie told sometimes sounds pretty good, sounds truthful. We accept it, but in the reality, it's an evil thing. It's a lie. It's not the truth. It's a lie. 1 John 2, 21. No lie is of the truth. 1 John 2, 21, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. By the way, I can't read the scripture on the back very clear because this light right up here, if I look like I'm in the dark, this light up here is burnt out, and I'm, I'm not sure, okay, you can see this one very clear, but on the backboard, so take me a little bit of time. I'm just going to go ahead and turn to the scriptures and read them here because it's hard to read uh, on the back. It's not as clear from here. My trifocals are getting weak. Uh, okay. Uh, just a few of the many, many dozens and dozens of scriptures 
that talk about this, just lying, not, not even some of the other synonyms, deception, deceiving, and so forth uh, that we uh, see. But let's just spend a little bit of time thinking about uh, current lies and liars. And I have a few categories here. I've uh, not covered them all. Like David, I left some things out. But uh, just enough to maybe trigger our thinking. And a few scriptures with each one. Political. Now, don't we get tired of the stories and the lies from the government? Government programs, politicians. Well, we heard a little bit earlier about the school programs, about the things that the government is doing. Look, look in Proverbs. Let's, let's just turn to a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs, the uh, 29th chapter. Bear in mind, I'm just sharing a couple. Jo uh, Proverbs 29:12. If a ruler hearken to lies, all his servants are wicked. Sets the example, the influence. If the leader is a liar, how many people have the guts to stand up and say, I don't believe that. I'm tired of hearing your lies. You're lying to the people. Look at what is going on in the current world today in the things that we see coming out of Washington, D.C. and out of governments around this world, not just our American government, the distortions and the lies and deceptions. Who do you believe anymore? I didn't mean that to be funny, but I guess it is. I mean, who do you believe? I hope you believe the scriptures and God as we, we're going to nail this down a little later and see who is a liar and who, is a, who tells the truth and who is true and who is a liar. Okay. Uh, one more scripture. Uh, Isaiah, the third chapter, verse 12. Isaiah 3, verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O oh, my people, they which lead you cause you to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Our leaders, we were talking in Bible study a few weeks ago. And I happen to mention the word, our men are mousy. <laughs> and one of the persons in the Bible study had never heard that reference, and so I showed him, you know, from the dictionary. You can go look it up and see. What is a mousy man? We got some mousy men. We got some effeminate men that are leaders. That shuffle, yeah, okay, women are capable. Uh, there's no denying the capability and the strength of women, and they can do a lot of things. That's not putting women down, it's putting the men down who neglect their responsibilities and, oh, get off my soapbox on the politicians and the political things and the government things. Don't we get aggravated? I could spend a lot of time just talking about our aggravations of what we're seeing going on in our government. Okay. Uh, the next thing, religious. Isaiah 9.15 talks about the prophet that tells lies is going to be the tail and not the head. They're going to be punished and disciplined. E Ezekiel 13, 1 through 16. Let's go through Ezekiel 13. Now these are uh, predictions of future uh, things that are going to happen and concerns based on historical, the duality of prophecy on a previous occurrence and then an application in the future. Uh, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Hear the word of the Lord. Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have not seen anything and have seen nothing. Oh, I saw this, I had a vision, I dreamed this, God told me this, the Lord told me that. Lying doctrines and truths that they are presenting that are lies and people are believing that and they're accepting that. 
false doctrines that they're believing because these prophets are lying and your prophets are like the foxes in the desert. You've not gone up into the gap, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They've seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord has not said, and not sent them, pardon me. And they have made others to hope that, that they would confirm the word. Give a false hope. You can just be up there in heaven and look down. And, and when I was a little boy, my father died in 1945, and I was just four, four years old. And I grew uh, for a few years until I learned the truth, thinking that my father was up there in heaven and watching me and could kind of look out for me. And I'd kind of try to make his face in the clouds and things, you know, and I'd see the lying out there and see these cottony billowy clouds go by and maybe see he was in the clouds. And then I learned out, no, he's asleep, he's dead until the resurrection. He's not up in heaven looking out for me. How many people have given false hope by lies from these religious leaders. Okay, I, I'm not going to go through the whole chapter. There's more you can read about uh, the, the false prophets and the lies and the consequences of that. Uh, scientific. I won't spend a lot of time on this. Creationism versus evolution. Global warming. It's okay to eat certain foods. It's okay. Go ahead. You know, it won't hurt you to eat certain foods. Uh, we heard a little earlier about, oh, it's okay. Homosexuality, that's okay. Homosexual marriages and things, it's okay. There's no harm. There's no physical downside to that. No diseases, no problems, no difficulties, morally or ethically, or simply because it's a sin and it's a lie, and God said, don't do it. But, see, now churches are starting to promote and preachers are starting to promote this type of marriage and giving approval to it. Where God says, don't do it. It's, it's not right. So, you can tune in more to the uh, first message. Okay, uh, another point. Lies. Commercials. Businesses. Proverbs talks about false, wit, false weights and measures and uh, shorting. How many... How many of us are getting tired of buying a packaged thing and it's filled with frozen ice? Instead of the vegetables, you get a lot of water that's frozen for weight. You get a box like this and it's got this much in it because it's puffed air. Um, you buy something, you, pay, you, you know you're paying a lot more for that than you should be able to. We could spend a lot of time talking about the commercial, about the false weights and false measures, and you know, we'll, we used to joke, I mean, years ago, you don't do this now, but remember uh, how the joke was? To the butcher, if you're gonna weigh that thumb, cut it off and give it to me, you know? Because when they put the meat on the scale, you know, they <laughs> like to hold their thumb on it to kind of push it down a little bit. Uh, you gotta watch that. Just make sure they take their hands off and that the meat is on the scale with the paper and uh, so they don't throw a bunch of bones on top or stick their thumb on it and push it down, you know. Um, going out of business sale. I went into a furniture store one time in a big promotion, going out of business, going out of business. And there was a particular item that I liked, but uh, the owner told me, well, uh, we don't have that right now, but we've got another truckload of stuff coming and, and we'll have that in a couple of days. I thought they were going out of business. Yeah. It was, a ad, it was an ad. It was a gimmick to get me in there to buy. Well, they got truckloads of stuff coming and they're moving, going out of business while they're recycling all those sales items. Don't you, doesn't that get you aggravated and when people lie to you? They sell you something and when you know you can get something small, no, we don't have that. And they give you something big and then you, something big, you come back later and Hey, I could if I would have known the words, known the words, I don't know why I'm having trouble speaking English today. If I had known the right words to ask for that smaller item, I could have had that. But because I tried to explain it, uh, that I wanted that, no. Okay. Now, 
I've got a number of examples of biblical liars. Now, instead of turning to all these scriptures, what I'm going to do is, because I think this would be uh, uh, valuable to take a few minutes and uh, read from uh, Nave's uh, Topical Bible. You've probably seen this, Nave's Topical Bible. And uh, here has uh, instances of liars. So uh, I think this will be worthwhile. We just won't, we'll have some more comment about this. So, so listen to this. Satan deceiving Eve. Adam and Eve in attempting to evade responsibility. Cain in denying knowledge of his brother. Abraham in denying that Sarah was his wife. Sarah to the angels denying her laughter at unbelief. Isaac denying that Rebekah was his wife. Rebekah and Isaac in the conspiracy against Esau. Jacob's sons in the scheme to destroy the Shechemites. All, there's all scriptures in all these, and there's a need sometimes to explain the pro and con of each one of these, and why, and the consequences of what happened, the good or bad, that was background involved in all of these. Joseph's brethren in deceiving their father into a belief that Joseph was killed by wild beasts. Potiphar's wife in falsely accusing Joseph. Joseph in the deception he carried on with his brothers. Pharaoh in dealing deceitfully with the Israelites. Aaron in attempting to shift responsibility for the making of the golden calf. Rahab in denying that the spies were in her house. The Gibeonites, ambassadors in the deception they perpetrated upon Joshua and the elders of Israel in leading them to believe that they came from a distant region. When in fact, they dwelt in the immediate vicinity. We, we saw this uh, just recently in a, in a message. Uh, I think, wasn't it Ron or some, someone had message recently. Ehud, in pretending to bear secret messages to Eglon, king of Moab, while his object was to assassinate him. Caesarea, who instructed Jael to mislead his pursuers. Saul. A number of lies that Saul told. I won't go through all of them. David, a number of lies that David told. Michal, in the false statement that David was sick in order to save him from Saul's violence. The Amalekites, who claimed to have killed Saul. Hushai, in false professions by Absalom. The wife of the uh, Bahuramite, who saved the lives of Hushai's messengers, sent to surprise David of the movement of Absalom's army. The old prophet of Bethel to the young prophet. Jeroboam, Jeroboam's wife, feigning herself to be another woman. The conspirators against Naboth, Gehazi, who lied and profited from it. Hazael, servant of the king of Syria, lied to the king and misstating the prophet Elisha's message in regard to the king's recovery. Jehu lied to the worshipers of Baal in order to gain advantage over them and destroy them. Zedekiah in violating his oath of allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar. Samaritans in their efforts to hinder the rebuilding of the temple at Jerusalem. Haman in his conspiracy against the Jews. Jeremiah several times in his adversaries in accusing him of joining their Chaldeans and others. Herod to the wise men and professing to desire to worship Jesus. Jews in false accusing. Peter denying Jesus. The Roman soldiers who said the disciples stole the body of Jesus. The disobedient son who promised to work in the vineyard but did not. Ananias and Sapphira, false statement that they had sold their land for a given sum. They didn't. Stephen's accusers who falsely accused him of blasphemy of Moses and God. David's false accusers. We saw that a number of times in our studies. The Cratians, as the scripture says, are always liars. Well, as you can see, there are a lot of examples in the scriptures that you have to look at and say pro or con why uh, defending or condemning what they did and we could spend a lot of time in each one of those studies trying to discern what is the 
reason why they told that. Now, first thing is, we shouldn't tell something to allow a deception to continue. Sometimes out of fear, uh, that doesn't justify, for example, somebody comes to your hand, to your house, with a gun in hand, and says, where's Lawrence Gregory? You don't have to lie and say, I don't know. Just don't tell them. Please, don't tell them where I am. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can, you can just be quiet. A number of times, and I won't go into all these scriptures. Remember, time after time, Jesus, sometimes he would respond and answer, especially one time when, when Pilate adjured him and commanded him, and the high priest, or maybe it was, in the name of God to answer, and he responded. But a lot of times he was just quiet. He didn't answer. Sometimes he would speak up and defend, but Jesus never lied. Never, never lied. What if, and we'll look at this later, what if, what if God was a liar? We couldn't believe him. We couldn't believe anything he said or anything he did if, he, if he's a liar. So, Jesus always told the truth or was quiet about it. Uh, sometimes people tell partial truths thinking that I can tell this partial truth and, uh, you know, it'll be accepted and it's okay and uh, get around uh, not an outright telling an outright glaring lie. It's a little fib. It's a little white lie. Or we say, it was a mistake. Uh, you know, I, in weakness, I told that lie. And we know when we start lying, we've got to continue lying to protect and try to remember the lie that we told. And... Uh, so parents, this is a big responsibility to teach our children to speak the truth and to say the truth and to not lie. Because the consequences, we'll see a little later, are terrible. Now, in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, verse 11, we're told, Leviticus 19:11. You know, this subject, like I said earlier, makes some people uncomfortable. They don't like to hear it, a plain, hard message that affects everyone. Can you, can anyone tell me of a totally honest person on earth today that hasn't or doesn't lie? I don't know of any. I don't know of any, except one who lived Jesus Christ before, who never told a lie, always spoke the truth, was the truth. Now, back in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, verse 11, we're told, you shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. Command of God, not to lie one to another. Proverbs 19.9. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. This is something that everyone has got to learn, and this is something the world doesn't know, and they don't believe in politicians and world leaders and government leaders and theologians and preachers have got to understand that if we tell a lie, there's a consequences for that. And if it's unrepented, and if it's not repented of, and uh, forgiven by God, then we'll see the consequences of that lie. One more scripture here, Proverbs, back up to uh, chapter 6. These are uh, six things, uh, yea, there are seven that, uh, six things God hates, seven things are an abomination to him. And uh, proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren, those seven things. We see a lot, of the, a lot of evil today. Look at, uh, 
I don't even watch the movies or television hardly except the news and sometimes I'm getting, I get aggravated at that because they over and over and over and over and recycle and, but we want to keep up on current events and know what's going on and there are some movies and there's some programs that are good and entertaining and they're light and they're okay and, and I'm not condemning all of them. I'm just saying look at the garbage and the trash and I see the commercials advertising some of these weird far out demoniacal movies that our kids are caught up in. And these games and the wicked and the violence, do we wonder that there's so much violence in the earth today and corruption when it's just presented as normal and acceptable and parents are accepting their children, the things that they're doing with those vile, wicked video games and movies and the things that they're filling their mind with. And so they're influenced by lies of others. They're influenced to tell and to be a lie. So there's, you know, telling and being a lie. God hates those, and he uh, repeats that a couple of times about a false witness and false uh, and lies. Now, let's see. Uh, yeah, I presented most of uh, the points that I'm going to... Uh, Present, I've got a couple of more uh, and, and several scriptures here. Let's look at now. We've established it's wrong to lie. Liars are going to be punished. What is the discipline? What is the punish? And I'm talking about habitual practicing liars who are not repentant, who don't make a mistake and in weakness and they lie and they ask God to forgive them. We're talking about just the norm of average, ordinary, everyday person from high to low throughout this world that are liars, that are identified as liars. Revelation, the 21st chapter. Revelation 21, we already know this scripture. Verse 8. Uh, read verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So the overcomers are going to be saved. We know that. But, verse 8, but, contrarywise, the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, that is, sorcerers are druggists, people who are addicted to heroin and cocaine and marijuana and drugs. That's what, not only sorcerers who appeal to the devil in their imaginations and their uh, worshipful uh, promulgation of, of sorceries and all this evil that we're seeing that's affecting so many kids, an evil, evil world that this is it's almost presented as real. But it is also, if you search out this Greek word, you'll see that it is druggers, people who are addicted to drugs and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I circle this word, all liars perish in the lake of fire. All. Now, understand, what... What if God just universally, as some, uh, uh, a couple told me that, you, well, they've been longtime members in the Church of God, but they were telling me that God is going to save everybody, ultimately, everybody is going to be saved. Because God says, who will have all men to be saved? It's God's intent, but all very clear that some will not, some are going to die forever and perish in the lake of fire because of sin. And so, all liars with these others, what if, what if God just gave salvation to everybody? And what, why did Jesus go through all that? And what is the purpose of his sacrifice and his salvation? What is God doing? Why is he investing so much in teaching and learning? If everybody is going to be saved, why, why not just give everybody eternal life? Do you think what this universe would be like with a bunch of liars running around? dishonest, perverted, 
distortionists, deceiving throughout eternity? What a, what a terrible thing. So God is, in his wisdom, is going to eliminate. He's going to get rid of. Take them away. Revelation, the 22nd chapter, while we're here in verse 15. Verse 15, it says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. They have a passport. Because they're obedient, keeping the commandments of God, believe in Jesus Christ, have God's Holy Spirit, they can go into the city and they can be there forever, eternal life. That's what, it, what it's indicating. For without, not in there, left out, they're not outside the gate, but they're just not in there, are dogs, not just shelties or collies. It's talking about evil sodomites, dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolatries, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Oh, I just love getting Christmas gifts. That's a lie. Christmas is a lie. But how many people are promoting it to the children? Oh, it's for the children's sake. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the children. It's the little children. The Catholic Church says if they can get a child early, It'll be a Catholic the rest of its life. Poor little children. They need to believe in Santa Claus. Like I told them, a uh, cleaning woman one time was cleaning our offices. What did your kids get for Christmas? I said, nothing. We don't observe Christmas. What? You didn't give your little kids a Christmas present? Well, well, okay, now let me get this straight. Is it Santa Claus? Or is it me? Who gives the little children the Christmas gift? Mom or dad? That's a lie. That Christmas is, the gift is brought by Santa Claus. It's a lie. But how many religionists, preachers, people, parents, I hope that we are telling the children, our children, the truth. Not Sunday, Sabbath. Not Christmas, Passover, unleavened bread, the holy days. Not Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is okay. Uh, excuse me. Easter. Oh, you know the gamut of all those. Without unsaved, not making it, are people who are descriptive. A sorcerer, a murderer. An idolater? What, you mean God would give salvation, eternal life to somebody that worshipped another idol? Or bow down to something, didn't pray to God, didn't have, communicate with Him, attributed all that He had and did to this God? God's not going to permit that forever. and He's not going to permit a lie to be uh, continuing. It's going to be cut off. Now, uh, let's go to Samuel. 1 Samuel 15, 29. 1 Samuel 15, 29. This is Samuel uh, speaking to Saul. So we just break into this. In verse 29, Samuel was saying to Saul, and also, the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent. For he is not a man that he should repent. Strength of Israel, he's referring to God, will not lie. Titus 1-2, back in the New Testament, we're familiar with this. Titus, in hopes of eternal life, that's... Christians, we hope we're going to have eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And we've explained all this. God promised we would have those who, who believe and obey and keep His commandments and who trust in Him and look to Him and do all the, all the things we can't cover today are going to have eternal life. God cannot lie. He cannot lie. 
even he wanted to, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't need to. Uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse 18. We have a couple of more scriptures, and we'll be closing on this. I think I've hammered this home enough today. Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and verse 18. You probably have this marked in your Bible. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope. So it's impossible for God to lie. Thank God for that. 1 John 5.20 while we're back this far. 1 John, 5th chapter, verse 20. And we know, well, verse 19, I like that one. Oh, you could go back. <laughs> we like all these verses in 1 John. But verse 19, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. All other gods, all who come before who say they're the Savior, other religionists, other idols, they're all a lie. Only one true God and one true Jesus Christ. We know that, we believe that, and our confidence and our hope is in Him. So we don't base our religion on falsehood or lies or deception or errors. John, uh, no, Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Jeremiah 10. No, we're not going to be looking at the Christmas tree. We're going to go on past that to Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, verse 13. Uh, let me, we have uh, a few minutes, so let's back up a little bit here to verse 10. But the, live, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall you say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Not idols, not inanimate objects or figments of imaginations, or real stones or wood or trees carved out by human hands. None of that. They haven't made anything. Only God has made and determined. And you know how great God is? Uh, this, just, this just boggles my mind. It says that he can call all the stars by name. That tells me the universe is finite. It ends. He can call them all. Do you know how many trillions or billions or whatever of stars are out there? And God can call them by name? We put numbers on them, you know, because we can run out of names pretty quick and pretty soon numbers can go pretty high. But he, can, he has a name for every one of them. May not match up with our name, but he's got a name for those stars. And maybe secondarily, he's got a name for all those millions of angels. They all, now we know a few, we know a few names of a few angels, but there's a lot of them. Even Jesus said, you know, he could have thousands of them come if he wanted, but they all have names, and maybe one day we'll learn what our angel's name, well, we don't need to concern about that today. We, we have to be careful about, you know, intruding into angel worship. And, but, you know, there's angels 
around about us. There's, there's angels in this sanctuary. I can't see them, but they're here. They're listening to what we say. And you know what? It says that the angels are, they're intrigued. They don't fully understand the salvation of what God is doing in man to make them like him and to bring them into his family. And they're, they're a little bit puzzled at what God is doing. And he's revealed it to us. And he's revealing it to them. And he's showing the manifest wisdom of God in bringing many sons unto glory. But as time goes on, when he's trying to bring many sons into glory, there's going to be some that won't make it. They're not qualified. They're not interested. They don't want to be there. They, their sins keep them out. And so they're going to be left out. And they'll perish. And they'll die forever. He's made the earth by his power. He's established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he utters his voice, there's a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings with rain and brings forth the wind out of his treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge and every founder is confounded by the graven image for his molten image is falsehood and there is no breath in them. They are vanity and the work of errors. In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. And he says in uh, verse uh, 13 here that, uh, let's see. I think I wrote down. That's okay what we looked at, but there was another scripture that says, and it might be in the Proverbs, the Lord is the true God. We read part of that, but it's repeated several times. The Lord is the true God. Others are false, others are lies. So in closing, since honesty is the best policy, let's do all we can to tell the truth. As Jesus said, let our yes be yes and our no be no. More that comes of this is evil. Let us not tell a lie or be a lie. I didn't focus on that, being a lie, being a hypocrite. That's another synonym for a liar. Let us be like God who never lies. Never lies. He always tells the truth. He is true and he is truthful. 